Welcome to Two Cents Worth. I am your host, Ryan DeFaber, and welcome to the new format. I told you in the last episode that we are going to focus more so on things going on in our lives rather than just sports, fitness, working out, and my life and how they all intertwine. No, it's going to be topics of conversation that at some point in time of our lives, potentially all of us will go through. Or we might be going through it at that at this time. Or it's a topic, a conversation that is just useful to somebody. Um, you know, talked about building out a brand, um, doing home renovations, creating balance in your life, losing a pet, adopting a pet. Um, I don't want to say buying a pet, but getting a puppy or a kitten or whatever. Those are the things we're going to be talking about. Everything in life that goes on. Our marriage, kids, work, friends, family, whatever it might be. That's what we're going to talk about on this and the new new direction that the podcast is taking. So today, and bear with me through this one because the end is positive, the beginning sucks. Okay? So today is talking about losing a pet losing a family member let's call it that losing a family member. I don't want to, I'm not going to type it in as lo- the title's not going to be losing a family member but a pet is a, is a part of your family and for me it was my dog Bronx he passed away in March of this year he was he would have been 15 in in August so he was, what, April, May, June, July? He was four months shy of being 15. So he was 14 months, or sorry, 14 months, 14 years old and eight months. Um, Lindsay and I got him as we graduated college. We weren't even married. We were living in a third-story apartment, and he was a Jack Russell. And if I had to do it all over again, I would have wanted, still wouldn't, I wouldn't want to trade Bronx for anything. He was, he was my best friend. But if I had to do it all over again, maybe I wouldn't have gotten a Jack Russell in a third-story apartment right as we got out of college and we were we had full-time jobs and you the he was 12 weeks old and we're leaving him almost full days while we go and work. Probably not the smartest idea. Um, you know, he was an absolute nut job, and I'm. A lot to blame for that, for the fact of we got a 12-week Jack Russell and left him in an apartment all day long and didn't do the best of job of burning off his energy at the end of the day. Um, (laughs) And then we got our house, uh, our first house here in Charlotte, and we we had a nice big backyard, and we finally put a fence in, and he was able to run and burn off that energy and everything. But <laughs> I think some of the uh, and a lot of the bad behaviors were already um, built into him uh, for that uh, less than a year, just about a year. We were in that apartment, so less than a year he was he lived in that apartment, and uh, his bad behaviors continued through his life. Um, the barking at everything. The potty training continued to be a struggle um, and all of it, but he was still my best friend. He was a great dog um, for our family. Loved our kids. Him and my wife had a 
love hate relationship, but he did love her. Um, but we had to say goodbye to him in, in March. It sucked. He was old. Um, and his health really deteriorated. It was, it, it, it's really sad when you see it and you go back and look at it. And, and for me, a lot of it was denial in the fact that I could see it, but I didn't want to believe it. You know, I, at the end, he was wearing diapers because he couldn't, he couldn't hold his bladder. He had diabetes. He had a bad pancreas. And he um, lost his sight and his hearing. So he, he, I mean, basically he was deteriorating right in front of our eyes and was on medication. And, you know, I kind of just played it off like, oh, no, he's fine. He can still walk. He still eats. He's fine. He sleeps. But... um, it came to a head when, when Lindsay and I went on a weekend trip and came back and the vet said, you know, I'm going to call you. Um, after you pick him up, I had to pick him up on a Sunday. She's like, I need, I need to talk to you. I was like, okay. So we talk and she, she basically stated that, you know, he needs 24 seven care, which he did. And that the next time we go out of town, if he's still alive, basically, they were not going to be willing to take him because it's not fair to him or their staff that every time, you know, they come in in the morning, he's basically peed and, and pooped on himself or whatever. And they have to clean him up and it's it's not a way to live for him. And, and she was right. You know, again, I you don't want to admit it because you're in denial, but she was right. I would never sleep. He would wake up multiple times throughout the night. I'd wake up, bring him downstairs, take him out, let him go to the bathroom. Again, I have to carry him down the stairs because he's not strong enough to go up or down the stairs anymore. Um, have him go to the bathroom, all that stuff, change his diaper, all that stuff. I, you know, I basically didn't sleep. It was like having a newborn. And looking back at it now, you know, the good and the bad of COVID and being home is being home, losing that identity of going to your office and working if you're in corporate America or actually any job. Let's not say corporate America. That's not fair to anybody, any job. But the good of it was I was able to be there with him through the last stages of his life every day, which was good. Um, But it sucked. You know, I remember them calling me and I was on my way to picking up my kids from my parents' house and I'm talking to the vet, trying to hold it together. Basically, as she told me that, you know, we should put Bronx down. Um, and so, it was very surreal because I think at that it was at that moment that I basically quit the denial and I said, yeah, I mean, I know. <laughs> I knew why she wanted to call me. I knew I knew on Sunday when I picked him up, I'm like, she's going to call me and she's going to tell me that I need to put my dog down. And that sucked. <clears throat> I'm going to get through this. I need to talk about this. I need you guys to hear it. Because again, you if you haven't gone through it before and you do have pets, you might. And if, if you have gone through it, then you know. Um, And then I had to, (laughs) 
figure out a way to basically get my dog to be put down in in time for us to go back to living our lives again. And as much as it was hard, as hard as it was, when we finally laid him down, it was very relieving. Because I knew he wasn't in pain anymore. And I knew, uh, and I knew that I could get a, selfishly I knew I could get a piece of my life back because <laughs> I couldn't go anywhere we could not go anywhere we couldn't leave him in the house for more than an hour <laughs> with worry that you know he had gone to the bathroom he had stepped in it he had done something right he'd sat in it he'd fallen you don't want to see that and again the denial piece of it sucked <clears throat> and i and i wish i didn't have it but you have it as an owner because you don't want to see your pet go through that your family member go through that right so uh, i told you the first part's going to suck second part of this is is a feel good <laughs> feel good story <laughs> fucking shit <laughs> feel good story um but there are services out there that will come to your house and peacefully put your dog down. Again, nothing I had researched, nothing that I'd seen. Um, I never really wanted to research. But found a really nice company here in Charlotte. They're a franchise. They're all over the place. They came to the house. The lady was extremely nice. Totally understood. Gave us our time, our space. Talked to us. And then uh, went through the whole process. So... And they can they can take the dog and cremate the dog for you if you want, or you can keep the dog for us. We we put him in the back here at our property. Um, that's what I wanted to do. They made us a little paw print and uh, <sighs> cut off some of his his hair that we got to keep. Weird or not, but you know, as a memory, which was very nice. Again, really nice. They gave us a brochure, basically. Telling us, you know, how to help cope with that. We have friends that sent us books. I guess there's a book um, to help your kids understand. Because, again, that was the other piece of it. Harrison was four. Nolan's eight. Nolan understood more. Harrison didn't really understand. And at the same time, what we wanted for our kids was, if they were going to get another animal, another dog, that Harrison and, and Nolan get to see what a dog is like. Because for the last, it's probably now, it was probably like two, two and a half years. For the last two and a half years, Bronx's lifestyle was nothing. Like he didn't play anymore. He didn't he didn't really interact with anything. He 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 literally lived to eat, sleep, and go to the bathroom. He was a baby. He, he was a newborn, basically, you know. Um, but going in the opposite direction. And so, you know, Harrison didn't understand, and all he, he wanted to know is when we're going to get our new puppy in Bronx is in doggy heaven, and da-da-da, and that's great. And so, you know, I wanted that for my kids, too. So as time passed, um, you know, I told Lindsay, it had been maybe a month since we put Bronx down, and I told her, I was like, yeah, look, I am, I am someone that loves dogs. I, I want to have dogs, and I want to have two. Um... 
this time let's do our, our research on a breed that fits our lifestyle a little better. And, and we went with a lab. Um, and so I started doing my research on breeders. And I'll get to the how we get got Decker. Um, because if you know me, I do make decisions very quickly. I'm very confident in my decisions. This goes for work and life and everything. I don't really sit around thinking about things. If I if I've done my research and I've looked at something and I've I've made a decision, I make that decision and I stick with that decision. Right or wrong, that's how I do it. That's how I've been successful in life and work and that's just who I am. If you know me, I make a decision, it's quick. Boom, done. I don't look back. And I'll tell you that's basically how we got Decker. But I did my research and I was I showed Lindsay, you know, some breeds. Rhodesian Ridgeback was on the table lab those you know um a bigger dog i wanted a bigger dog after having bronx for almost 15 years i wanted a big dog big goof goofy dog so i talked to some breeders we landed on a breeder here in north carolina um for a puppy and it was going to be perfect timing it was going to be hey maybe late summer fall winter maybe even next spring 2022 it was like perfect gives me time to kind of cope and, and deal with it and as the weeks went by and by the way, we are still going to get a puppy. It will probably not be now until summer of 2022. So maybe a full year from now. Still work with that breeder, but um, just tell him that you know we're, we're going to look towards the end of next year. Give Decker the time to really get in with our family and get a little older. Again, he's only 11 months old. Want him to be about maybe two before we bring in a puppy into the, to the mix. That way he's fully trained in what we need him to be. Again, he does have a trainer. Um. And kind of the weeks went by, and it was June, or sorry, it was it was late June, early July, and I started looking at some rescues, some lab rescue companies and, and rescue companies in and around North or uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, where we live, and you know reached out to a couple of them and some of them were like well you know we don't really let labs in the house with your kid the kids your age just because we don't know their background and everything we want the kids to be at least 10 totally understand it and then we found this company i found this company windy ridge uh windy ridge rescue out of south carolina and um sumter south carolina area and uh decker was on there and he was just a and it's a Decker goofball, basically just a big goofball. And so I reached out to them, and we were at our pool party, our July 4th pool party at our country club, Firethorn. And I showed Lindsay the pictures, and she was like, yeah, do it. Like, he's available. They had another adoption application at the time. And, you know, uh, Dana, who runs that rescue, said, you know, if you, you want him, fill out an application, I'll let you know. So I sat there at the pool. Uh, again, this is how I make decisions. Very quick and swift. And so I filled out an application. And a week later, we went down to see Decker. Drove two hours to go see Decker. He didn't bark. And that was almost a sigh of relief. When we saw him and we, we the people that had him at the time... Um, brought him, and I'll give you a little bit of his backstory too, brought him and to Dana's house who runs Windy Ridge, and she had a, she has a kennel there with other adoptants, uh, other dogs being rescued, and they're all barking, they're all going crazy because we're there, and he didn't bark, he just sniffed around, it's a big goofy, see, I call him blockhead, he's just got this big blockhead, 
just a gentle giant just walking around, not barking. And I was like, man, that's a huge sigh of relief because I went from a dog, Bronx, that would bark if the fucking wind blew um, to this dog to where I was like, okay. And the and I mean, I looked right at Nolan and the joy on his face. And I, and I looked at Harrison and I said, both of them, I go, what do you guys think? And Nolan's like, I want them. And so then I was like, well, your one decision piece, Lindsay, what do you think? She's like, I didn't think we drove all the way down here to not bring him home. And so we brought him home that day. And um, so we've had him now for about a month. And he's a great dog. And, and, I, and I'm really happy about the decision. He's not the perfect dog, but he can become the perfect dog. He needs training. We are his third owner. Unfortunately, he um, he first was a puppy with a family that was in the military, and the husband got deployed. The wife was pregnant. She was not going to raise a puppy and then also have to raise a child while the husband was deployed. So he was adopted by another family. This other family had a young child and another dog, and I don't know if him and the other dog got along very well because that was kind of the vibe we got from Windy Ridge. We never really got the backstory, which is fine. We don't need the full backstory. But he's only 11 months old, and we're his third family. So, of course, he's not perfect. But we've enlisted the help of a trainer, and he's come, and he's been great, and we went on a week vacation in August, and he took him to his property and helped train him for a week, and he knows he's a work in progress too. But the boys love him. I love him. Lindsay loves him. He's a great dog, and he was what we needed. And personally, what I needed to fill that that void. Um, you know, Bronx was with me every day. I'm sitting in my office. That's where I record my podcast. It's our bonus room. It's our playroom. It's where the Peloton is. There's, it's our guest bedroom as well. Like, it's the everything room. And Bronx was in here every single day with me while I worked. And then he wasn't. And nobody was. It was just me. And I tried to get used to it. And I just, I'm just that type of person. I I, I don't know. I wanted a dog. I wanted a dog to be here in the house. That's just who I am. That's, that's, That's just who I am and what I want. And so that is how we got Decker um, and how we lost Bronx. And I tell Decker this all the time. And you know, dogs, they, you know, you talk to your pets and you tell them things. And I just tell them thank you a lot because he's helping me. he's helping me get through this void that I had when Bronx passed. And that was a big piece of it too, because for me, dogs make me happy. And I was pretty sad without Bronx. So... Yeah. But, you know, that's what it's like losing a pet. A family member. It sucks. Yeah. It's just, this is life. 
life isn't always rainbows and butterflies. There's positives in everything, right? Like I said, the positive of Bronx passing away is that he's not in pain anymore. And that we can live our life again. That's the positive piece of it. The positive piece is that you move on. There's a new there's a new chapter in your story. The new chapter is Decker. For my boys. For me. For my family. I bring him with me in the car. I can never bring Bronx in the car. He hated the car. He hated it. Decker sits in the back of my car. <laughs> Just wants to know where we're going. So happy when we get there. You know, just getting a piece of my life back. Um, and I talked about two of, uh, in the last episode, about being away for the last three and a half months and losing motivation. You know, I was sad. I was sad losing Bronx. And I think it certainly affected me a lot more than I initially thought. Now talking about it and looking back at it. You know, the last three and a half months have been great. Busy, fun. Especially last month, having Decker now, you know, getting that back into back into having a dog and everything. But that two and a half months, three months, well, that's not three months. It, yeah, three, three and a half months or so that we didn't have Bronx, I didn't have a dog around. I was probably internally very sad. I mean, probably I was very sad. And uh, I just tried to maybe mask it a little bit and not think about it, you know, kind of suppress it. And talking about it now, it's probably the most I've cried about it (laughs) since it happened. So talking about it. But, um, yeah, I think, too, also losing that motivation to do things in regards to the podcast and other stuff. Um because I was sad. And that's what losing a pet is like. It's, it it does make you sad. But you have to create that new chapter. And this is where we're at. And I, I have this new chapter now. Uh, we have this new chapter. And I'm glad that I was able to... I keep on saying I. I was glad... I'm, I'm glad that we are now able to give Decker his final home. And we keep, I do tell him that. I go, you know, you're home, buddy. This is your home. You're not going to have any more homes. I feel bad for him. 11 months old. Wonderful dog. Wonderful dog. And we're his third family. And so I'm very happy that we are able to give him the home that he deserves. And now I understand why people do, you know, push rescue so much. I am still going to get a puppy. So for those of you that are dead set on rescues, I do apologize. I am still going to get a puppy. My kids want a puppy. We're going to get a puppy. But we did rescue a dog, so, you know, there's a check mark on the good side still for me on that. Um, But I get it why people say rescuing is so great. It is great. He gets to have his final home now. And he gets to have a home and a family that loves him. And he deserves it. He's a great dog. He deserves it. He's just passed out at my feet, just snoring right now. So, um, I think that's about it. Like I said, the beginning was sad. Uh, the ending there was a little bit sad too. But um, you know, losing a pet sucks. Working through that whole process emotionally does kind of suck too. And and talking about things is good. Uh, you know, Lindsay and I had a lot of conversations about it leading up to it, and also after his passing. Um, and I shared my thoughts with her a lot in regards to you know 
wanting a, a dog and that type of stuff. So, um, this is it. Losing a pet. My journey through it. It's not over, as you can tell. Anytime I talk about Bronx, the wave of emotions do come back. Um, and I'll get to a point to where I'm going to be able to to talk about it without getting upset because I'll be able to talk about it with more joy in the fact of knowing that he had an awesome life. I mean, 14 years, 8 months old, it's a long time for a dog. And so he lived he lived a good life and we we gave him the best life that we could and we're going to give Decker the best life that he can he can have and deserve as well. And we will do that with the puppy as well when we get him or her. Um but you know, we're still going through that journey. And this is it. This is what it's like losing a pet and then gaining a pet and still having those emotions and and those thoughts and um, this is real life. Like I said, it's not always rainbows and butterflies. This is real life. This is the types of stuff that you go through, and this is the type of stuff that I've been going through over the last couple months. So, again, as always, I appreciate everyone listening. I hope this was beneficial. If you lost a pet or have gone through it before, and maybe I've shared some thoughts and and conversation that might be beneficial for you, or that you might have shared as well. This is what's been going on with me in, in my in regards to losing a pet in bringing a new pet back into the house. And uh, again, this is the new format of the the podcast. It's going to be conversations like this. I will have guests again. I will still be doing single, you know, just by myself type podcasts. But this is it. As always, like and share, comment, let everyone know about it. Um, It's a hobby of mine. But the more interaction that I get from you all as my listeners... Again, as always, the more willing I am to block off time of my busy schedule to do these types of things. So I hope it was a good episode. I hope it wasn't too, too sad. It wasn't, even though I got emotional, it wasn't sad for me in that manner. It was more of, you know, just talking about my my best friend and passing just like you would anybody whether it's a pet or a family member or or a friend or whatever somebody you know losing their life um it can bring up emotion and emotion's good thank you everyone i hope it was a good episode and there is a good ending to it we did adopt a dog and he's a great dog and we're keep on training him the big goofball sitting at my feet snoring away big blockhead decker the decker dog All right. Thanks, everyone.